0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. You see, sometimes God comes specifically to knock over golden calves and, and, and to knock over, you know, sacred cows. So he's messing up these Jewish boys. These Jewish boys know the Bible too, by the way. He's messing up all the concepts. All the concepts of what God is, what man can do. It's all confusing here. They don't know what to do. But the other thing you notice here is they seem to give more credit to the devil than God. Many of us are like that. We'll talk up what the devil's doing. All the devil taking over the United States. The devil doing it. All what he's doing with the children. But what about God? What about God? They saw this thing and said, oh, it must be the devil. It must be a ghost. But Jesus immediately speaks. Now, this is not natural speech. In the middle of a raging storm, you could barely hear your own thoughts, much less. Some man out in the water coming towards your boat. And then the boat is pretty long at that. All 12 men heard simultaneously what the master said. What we need is God to get past speaking to my brain. I need to get past another book or another reading session. I need God to speak to my heart. God spoke, but it wasn't to their ears. I don't even know how loud he spoke. But their hearts hurting. I come to church not just to fill my brain, but to feed my heart. And I need in my life, like you do in your life, a word from God that deep down in my toes. start Curling up a little bit because it's so deep. I need I need a word that's that just deep in me to face the crisis. But notice there was a word in your crisis. If you would acknowledge him, do you understand he will speak the word? Let's keep going. Jesus says, take courage. Literally cheer up. Just like he, just like, Jesus is not a guy to invite to funerals. Remember last week? Totally messed it up. Totally messed it up. Don't you know what I'm going through, pastor? Yeah. It's really bad. I know. Doesn't the Bible say "We within we"? Yeah. But sometimes Christ is an awful comforter. He'll look you straight in the eye and say, cheer up. I'm drowning, God. My arms are shaking, God. But he says, cheer up. Jesus, he's the same God. In other words, boys, I put in you what I'm demanding from you. God will not permit life to demand something from you that he's not put in you the stuff to handle. Scripture says it differently. He won't let you go through something without giving you the strength to stand under that time of trial. According to Jesus, Jesus is not a liar. And even if Jesus wasn't a God, but he is, he was perfectly astute. He understood people. If he told them to be of good cheer, they had the capacity to be of good cheer. And what he was saying, boys, you need to draw on that thing deep down inside. I've been teaching you this thing. You've been watching me. You remember when they tried to throw me off the cliff? I walked right through that crowd. You remember all them different times, boys? You, I've been teaching you that King God's like. seed. I've been teaching you all this stuff. I've been teaching you your kings, and I've been teaching you all that stuff. And here I show up in the middle of your test, and you all nervous and afraid. He said, "Boys, you better act like you know." You better act like you know this truth. He said, cheer up, be confident. What do you do when your boat starts sinking? I mean, what do you do? No, honestly, not, not, this is not a sermon. What do you do when you're taking on water? You're going under. I mean, these guys were fishermen. These are sea, seafaring guys. And for a storm to be so uh, overtaking them, this was a serious storm. It's not a light thing what do you do? And people use the word hell so loosely, it frustrates me. But I'm going to use it here. When, when hell seems to come against you, what do you do? Do you cower like the rest? Jesus says, be of good cheer. So the world's complaining about gas prices. The world's talking about the recession. What you saying? What you saying? Jesus said, no, no, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what the Bible says. He's saying to the boys, be confident, be confident. Even in the midst of a storm, be confident. See, I've read through some storms. I've cried through some of them all the way to the end. But over time, God has taught me, boy, you better show yourself a man. When you were a child, you act like a child. And I, I kind of blessed you like a child. But son, you a man now. You need to put away some of that child stuff. And some of y'all, y'all grown in Christ long enough. God said you need to put away all that childish behavior. Yes. Show yourself a man or woman. You say you believe and now believe. Yes. Yes. You say he is your peace. You sing songs about it. Now be at peace then. Come on, Come on. Come on. you need to be challenged a little bit. But listen, I'm not just trying to challenge you. I want you, you need to be changed. Yes. If this thing takes hold of you. And when the test comes, all you are is what God said you'd be. Do you understand? All right. He says, take courage. It is I in the Greek is ego. Which literally says, I am. He says, boys, be cheerful. I am. Then he says, don't be afraid. Now we're logical creatures here. Just because it's you. Why should I not be afraid? You're walking on the water. My boat is sinking. So you're coming saying I am. What's that do for me? I mean, really think about it. Understand Christ's logic. He's saying, we're one. He said, listen, the Bible says elsewhere, as, as Christ is, so are we in this world. If a boat wouldn't sink because Christ was on it, if Christ is in you, you got to get to the place, Lord, you have to deny yourself for me to fail. You'd have to start self-destructing, your head spinning before you leave me out there by my lungs and let me fail in this thing because I've obeyed you. I've done what you said do, Lord. And you said after doing all to stand, just stand. Now, Lord, I'm doing that. And I am no longer in myself. I'm now in Christ. So since I'm in you, whatever you are, I am. See, the problem is sometimes the the, the devil in the world try to separate me from my God in my thinking. So when the plane hits turbulence, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen to me? And God's like, can anything ever happen to me? The problem is you being you. Are you hearing me? He comes to them with the I am. In other words, Peter, who are y'all? Are you hearing? He said, fear not because I am. See, I used to say, I fear not because I got it all together, I got it all figured out, or because I'm strong, or I got some friends that will help me. No. There are going to be times in your life that the only place of uh, getting out of your situation is being strong because I am, he is. Not you, I am. And as you latch on to his I am, you become. Did, Did I make any sense there? So, so. Peter, the astute student he is, picks up on the reasoning. He says, okay, me and you got this connection, master. Lord, if it's you, puts this thing to the test. Lord, if it's you, bid me, King James, tell me to come on the water. Do you hear the presumption, quote unquote, that religious people would say? The audacity? You think you're Jesus, Peter? How dare you? Jesus can walk in the water, but Peter, I, I saw what you did on the shore. Ah, come on that's right. But it's not about Peter, it's about I am." Yes. 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 Are you hearing me? Yes. He said, "Lord, if it's you, if I can verify, that's your voice out there. Because yes. this is scaring me. Again, you don't messed up my category, but if you verify this is you, you see? Peter understood that everything Christ was, was his. You see, a father-son relationship, you understand that everything the the, the, the daddy got, the child got, belongs to him. So deep in the thinking of these men, Jesus has been planting the seed and been watering it and saying, guys, whatever I can do, you can. In fact, he says, greater miracles shall you do. He's saying basically y'all going to live longer, y'all going to travel more play, y'all going to do some greater work shall you do, because I go unto the Father. You need to see yourself differently. You know why I'm going to make it? Because I am. It gets simple after a while. And to someone else, that reasoning seems silly. It can even seem braggadocious, it can seem cocky, it can seem arrogant. But the Bible says, make our boast in the Lord. You see, if I'm walking with God, doing what he's saying to do, God would have to fail before he don't pull through for me. How many of y'all got that type of faith? How, how, you see, many of y'all got that, you know, that church faith, you know, and, you know I, forgive me for, I just they keep coming up, but I try to be nice. But, you know, a little sissified church faith. Church mouse faith. But God is raising up some lions. Do you understand what I'm saying? They'll have some real faith. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Anyone that believes, you know, well, I believe I'll die when I go to heaven. Well, that's good, but what about right now? Do we have any faith that, 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 that's, that's larger than, than dying and being no good to people on planet Earth and going to glory? It's how faith is impossible to please God. So we, 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 okay, we need to have some faith. I I don't know how to even say all I want to say here. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. He understood his destiny was wrapped up in Christ. Jesus spoke. He said, come. As you've heard said before, Peter did not walk on the water. He walked on the word. Many of us, what you walking on? What you walking on? They began in a natural boat to get across shore. Then Jesus released his word in the middle of a storm. And that word became more sure than the boat. It's like the wildy coyote and roadrunner cartoons where, you know, Wali would cut off the branch with road run. See, I'm showing my age because some of y'all are just like, who is he talking about? But to those of you old enough, he cut off the branch. Instead of the branch falling, the tree will fall. You see, you have a sure foundation. Do you hear what I'm saying? So Peter said, if it's you, if our destinies are intermingled, If I'm going to really operate in Christ and I'm going to live this thing like I am in you and and you and me, as he said in John 15. And if all this is true, bid me to come out there so I can do it with you. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came. Toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Now, tell me, just give me a little bit of help here. We're beginning and we gotta wrap up in a few moments. Just a little help. On the calmest day, when the wind's not blowing, the sun's real bright, it's just quiet. Can you walk on the water? So, what does the wind have to do with it? The point of this thing is how easily we're distracted with nonsense. So easily distracted with irrelevant yeah, yeah. issues and points. Are you hearing me? Well, she doesn't like me. He hurt my feelings. They didn't come to my party. What do they got to do with it? It's irrelevant. If God be for you, who can be against you? It's irrelevant. The devil comes to deceive. Oh, the, the wind. It's nothing to do with walking on the water. But Peter gets distracted. He gets his eyes off of what's relevant. He gets his focus off Jesus. And when he gets his focus off, the Bible says begin in the sink. Now, we can criticize Peter. At least Peter got off the boat. That's right. That's right. You know, I, sometimes in my life, I say, Lord, I didn't do this right. I should have done that. And God's so sweet. He's like, well, son, at least you got out the boat. Yeah, Yeah, you're hearing all that criticize citizens for the the shoreline, but they still in the boat side. And I notice people that get out of the boat, they're not ones that do a whole lot of criticizing because they know what it's like. You hear what I'm saying? And beginning to sink, he cried out. What did he do? Yeah. Notice he doesn't cry out to the other disciples. I want to be a good bishop, a good pastor. But sometimes I'm not to be your first phone call. Amen. Yeah. Sister so-and-so, good lady, I know she loves you, but she's not always to be the first phone call. Yeah. Didn't say, he cried out, oh, James, John, come on, help me. No. He cried out to the Lord. That's right. Amen. That's good, right. And he heard his cry. And too, we can't be too proud. You see, I don't even like praying in public too much because it's embarrassing. Because, you know, people want these formulaic prayers. And when I get to praying, it get messy. Spits start flying. You know, tears might start running down my face. You understand? I start expressing things I don't even want no one to hear. So that's why I say go to your closet because when you're really doing this thing, you can't really be in public, you know what I'm saying? That's why I I say go to your closet. Right. matter of fact, you look at the Bible, you'll find Jesus didn't really pray in public very much. Most of his praying was by himself. Some of us in this church, the only time you pray is in prayer meeting before service. I'm doing somebody some good. <laughs> Beginning to sink, he cried out. Man, and this is not a... Deep theological prayer. It's not long. There's no piano. There's no choir. There's nothing. Sometimes the best prayers are short and from the heart. Lord, master, save me. That was it. I didn't even know no, homiletical, no, nothing. Just master, I'm yours. And once you call a master, you're saying that there's a relationship. A master teaches a student. A master owns a slave. A father raises a child. So in him saying, Lord, he was, he was saying, we're in relationship, hey? Right? We're in relationship. Hey, 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 we're in relationship, master. You can't let me sink. Remember, Lord, he didn't just say, Jesus said, Lord, we are in relationship. Jesus says, yes. Where I am, you shall be also. So Jesus stretches down his strong arm, verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and what? We may waver, but God will never, never fail. Then Jesus says, and we got to hurry up here. Oh, you of what? Good intentions are not enough. God wants to have some faith. He said, Lord, I intended to. God said, well, I want to see some faith. Lord, I meant to go to that meeting. I meant to do this. I meant to open. No, 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 no. Good intentions will get you nowhere. I mean, it's a, I guess it's a great start if you're going to have faith to it. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. You are what? Little faith. Now, we've heard teaching on faith. But what is faith in this passage? Faith is doing what Jesus was doing. True faith believes I can do what Jesus did. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. So that means all that's available through that name is now available to me. So why are you praying such a tiny prayer? Do you understand? Faith is believing that you can be like, not bishop. I hope you learned something. Follow me as I follow Christ. But faith is believing I can be like him. If Jesus... Didn't get all excited. And yeah, you know that lady that was washing his feet, you know, with the hair and everything? Look, y'all weren't there. But you look at the test. The Pharisees saying to him, understand if he only knew the woman, man, there was smoke in that room. You see, Jesus was looking at a holy and pure. And everyone else was like, mm. You're not supposed to let your hair down. Now, I'm way off the subject. In public, if you're a woman, it was seductive. And for her to take her hair off, wash his feet, and Jesus not to respond like most men would was incredible. But I'm going to be like Jesus. Are you hearing me? True faith is saying I can be like him, not just forgiven by him. That's the starting place of faith, but that is not, that's little faith. You see, little faith was enough To get him out of the boat. A little faith was enough to keep them rowing in that storm. A little faith was enough to get him walking on water for a little while. But it's only great faith that enables us to finish. Let's, Let's watch what Jesus says here. He says, you of what? You See, don't little faith's not bad. You can do some things. He literally walked on water with little faith. But my prayer is that we in this room come to a place of great faith, that we get to a place that we don't we don't get distracted. We don't lose focus. Because of things around us, we keep our eyes on the prize, on Christ Jesus. And and, and he does. Now, I want to be saved by him. But 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 my prayer is for him to have to save me sometimes just a little bit less. That I'll do nothing to bring dishonor. To his name, But listen, be careful about criticizing Peter, because remember, he did what? He got out of the boat. Then he looks at his disciple, and he turns it into a learning experience. He doesn't beat him over the head, say, you fool, you idiot. He said, man, you had a little faith. And he says, you do have faith. It's just little. In other words, man, it's like a seed, but it got to grow. It got to grow. Okay? Then he goes on and says, why did you doubt? This is the question that pierced his heart. Why did you vacillate in your mind? You see, Satan comes at that, that, that moment, that tenth of a second, and you vacillate. Well, you're stuck and you're scared. And, and often that's when we do the wrong thing. He said, Why, son? Why? After all the teaching, you've been walking with me all the preaching, all the quiet nights, all the long nights, all the, the, the long walks we had, all the prayer. Hear the heart of Jesus. It's not because he's keeping score. Why did you doubt? And now, you know, disciple number one fails. It's like, no, he's easy. He's why, Peter? There was why? Why? And God's saying, why do you doubt? Why? You see, to the angels, it makes no sense. The most trustworthy creature in the universe is our God. And they're looking at us in amusement. Why do they doubt? And Jesus, why Peter? You know, he's, Peter could have only believed. But he chose to doubt. Listen, you say, I'm beginning to doubt because of circumstance. I want to say something to you. You're beginning to doubt because you choose. You're making a choice. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.